You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. This week's case study begs the question, how much does your past affect your profit? So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. This is another case study of the week here on the Mind Your Business Podcast, where I love to showcase the extraordinary entrepreneurs and their extraordinary stories and journeys at every different milestone and phase to give you more clarity, more inspiration, more actionable to-dos to grow your business. And today's guest is Brad Bizjack. Brad himself is a mindset strategist and coach. He's an international inspirational speaker, podcast host, and creator of the Appreciation Academy. And he's my special guest here today on the podcast. Where we're going to take a dive into the last 12 months or so into his story, into his business, and how he began to notice, and we really start to unpack in the episode, how much our past really holds us back. The things that have happened in our past that we hold on to, that we blame ourselves for, that we have that shame and that guilt, and how much we project that into our future, into our goals, and into our business, and how when Brad was able to take a look at some of these beliefs he was holding and begin to letting them go, once you identify them and you can let them go, how everything began to soar in his business. You're going to hear Brad's story of how he really stepped in to an elevated role, becoming a different person, if you will, becoming the person that his business needed in order to hit his goals. All that and so much more on today's interview. So let's get into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with today's special guest, Brad Bizjack. Brad, how you doing? Doing amazing, James. How are you doing today, man? Very good. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you being here. I know we got a lot of good juicy stuff to talk about. And before we get into that, why don't we uh, inform our listeners a little bit about you? Tell us about your business. Who do you help? How do you help them? Uh, what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, hey guys, my name is Brad. Um, I'm in a, a business of a personal growth business. I help people, particularly online marketers and network marketers, break through all of the limiting beliefs and the negative self-talk and any sort of limiting mindset that's preventing you from getting to the goals that you have. I have a firm belief that self-doubt and mindset is what slows down any sort of entrepreneurial goals. And if if it's going to happen for you, it starts in the mind first. And that's really what I teach people through my, my programs and my, my one-on-one coaching. And Business by Design has been a huge help in making that happen. So that's how I serve people. I currently live in Chicago, Illinois with my mm-hmm. wife and our little dog, Oliver. And we have a little girl that is coming on the way pretty soon. That's right. Very soon. Yeah, very, very soon. <laughs> yeah, that's well, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Well, then knowing that you're immersed in this work, and I think it's such important work, let's just kind of jump right into that. What would you say, like, is it fair to say that as you're helping people uncover their limiting beliefs, that you're still on a journey of uncovering your own? 
Absolutely. I think the journey never ends. Uh, What I always always help my clients see is that at every new level of growth, there's always a new bit to expand. And I think we get caught in this mindset of I'll be there when, right? Or I should be further along. And it's... People always say to me like, oh, it looks like I got a lot of work to do. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, forever. And then my my mentor, uh, Don Javier says, once you go on that path to start digging, the digging never stops. You just keep digging. So I'm curious over the last year, what have been some of the biggest perspective shifts that have allowed you to, to grow? That's a fantastic question. I think the biggest piece for context, like I was, I was sitting at home trying to build an online business, doing what I thought was everything right. And it just felt like I was smashing my head against the wall, man. It was like, I was doing things over and over and over again, thinking that if I just kept doing the same thing, I'd get the same results. But what I realized is that if I want different results, it's going to take me to become a different person, a more elevated version of myself. And I think back then I was so just focused on, I must achieve, I must achieve, I must achieve that I was missing kind of the whole point that going after your goals is about the person you become in the process. Like when you, when you die, you're still going to have a to-do list, right? So we have to learn how to appreciate the journey that we're on. And that was one of the biggest, kind of the biggest aha moments I had is that to achieve bigger goals, I had to become a bigger person. That's probably Mm. the thing. Can we go deeper with that? Because I, I think people hear that and they can go so many different places with that. Like, oh, so I have to be someone, something wrong with me. I have to be somebody else. You know, what does that really mean to you to become a different person? Like, are you a different person today than who you were a year or two ago? Uh, Did you change your name? (laughs) You know, what does that really mean? And how do you know that you've become a different person? I think you feel it. And I guess I should reframe that in, in terms of becoming a different person. I think it's more of an expanded person because we don't want to look at the way that we were and make it wrong. I think we make right. it wrong for how we got to where we are now, but then we're basically saying that my education sucked, which doesn't make sense because who you were up until this point is the education mm. to get you to this point. And that's, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. So I think becoming a different person means becoming a more elevated version of yourself. There's what I've learned along this journey is there's so much more within every single person yeah. and, and reaching that level of potential and just, going after with everything you can and being okay with the mistakes and learning from them and finding the silver lining and the blessing in them. That's what's going to get you to where you want to be. I always, uh, I love, I don't know if it's a quote or if it's just kind of a, a phrase that I've kind of learned over the years that the results in your life are a direct reflection of the person that you're being. Mm-hmm. And there's typically a lag time between when you get to those results and when you start being or acting like that person. And by being, I mean, the thoughts, the beliefs, and the actions, not just what you do. It's how you see yourself. It's the level of belief you bring to everything you do. It's the love you bring to everything you do. It's it's what goes on up here in your mind and also in your heart, I think is the most important. Yeah, yeah that's huge because I do think people are like, oh, is there something wrong with me? I got to be someone I'm not. And no, it is. It's about elevating. It is about this idea of your infinite potential. So step into more of that potential. I like that, that word you use of elevating yourself. Cause I look back at my journey. I'm, I'm still the same person. I look back at who I was in high school, like starting an eBay business and stuff. I'm like, I'm still that same person. I have more wisdom, 
more experience. So you, you are never the same. That's, let's just go there for a second. You're not who you were yesterday. Let's just acknowledge that. It's not about changing who you are and being someone you're not, but it's also at the same time acknowledging like who you are today is not who you were yesterday. You have more experience, more knowledge, more growth than even just the past 24 hours. But it's because you keep elevating or expanding yourself. I think that's beautiful. So give me now some specifics. Like how would one, how could one begin to do that? Like, what does that look like to say, okay, I'm just going to elevate myself. I'm going to step into more of who I truly am. I think that's a great question. I think the biggest piece of that, James, is seeing where you are as a gift and not making it wrong to be where you are. What I learned on my journey is that when you would push and try to grow and say, I'll be happy when I get to a specific goal or when I get to a specific rank or whatever the objective is, then we're missing joy in the moment. And if we miss joy in the moment, then we oftentimes, then we're basically saying where we are right now is, is not okay. It's wrong. That's not saying that we can't want more, but if we don't see where we are as a gift, then oftentimes we miss out on the lesson that life is trying to teach us. And so if someone's out here listening, trying so hard, wanting this so bad, and it feels like it's not happening, I challenge you to first start by seeing where's the blessing in this whole big thing I'm going through right now? Where's the gift in not being at my goals yet? What could be the lesson that life is trying to teach me? Mm -hmm. And once you become open to accepting that lesson, then all of a sudden you start getting little intuitions and clues. Mm -hmm. To me, it's all about that raises your, your frequency, it raises your energy. And when you are at a higher energy place, then you start to come up with crazy ideas that actually change your business and your life. And it's amazing. I know. Yeah. yeah. So tell me more about your journey. Is that what you started doing? You said you were like doing the same thing, kind of banging your head against the wall. What shifted internally? And then what did that start to look like externally? Yeah, it really all started back focusing on blaming my past. That was kind of a big thing that I know for a really long time. I, I had a lot of built up anger and resentment about it not being fair to be where I was. I was $92,000 in student debt and just feeling stressed out all the time, thinking I'd be happy when I got out of debt. And just, I, I had so much resentment and I would disguise it on the outside, right? I'd pretend I was positive and pretend I was happy, but on the inside, I was struggling. Once I started realizing that, if things from my past, whether it be failures or people or hurtful events were any different then I wouldn't be the man that I'm proud to be today. Mm. And so once I accepted that and saw, wow, everything that I used to blame is the reason for my hunger. It's the reason I am this driven. It's the reason why I have such a great relationship with my wife. It's all these things from my past. They're a blessing. Once that switch flipped in my mind, then it was like this weight was lifted off my chest and I was actually able to go after my dreams because I took a hundred percent responsibility for my life at that point. When, mm. when we blame, whether it's ourselves or someone else or an event, we're essentially saying that I don't take responsibility for where I am right now. And mm. I think that every entrepreneur needs to take a hundred percent responsibility. And I think it helps by seeing the past as a beautiful thing, whether it's a failure or a painful event. Yeah, no, that's huge. That's, that's really huge. So take me a closer detailed look like into your business, like what started changing in your business? What was still like a hurdle for you? What were some of the like business beliefs that were coming up for you? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> Lots of business beliefs. So when I was starting out, 
the biggest, I think, limiting belief is that more money would make me happy. Mm-hmm. Like making more money in my business would make me happy. And when I started letting go of that, I, I guess for context, I used to think that, like I said, getting out of debt would make me happy. Or when I yeah. crossed that $100,000 mark in my business, but it felt like I was chasing a ghost. And every time that happened, I just felt stressed out and panicked and worried. So once I let that go, I started to notice that the, even though the actions that I knew were right in my business were similar, they all of a sudden started working. It was like people's BS meter is so high and they can tell if you're like trying to force success or if you're actually genuinely authentic. And so what my reason for sharing that is once I let go of it, then our revenue started to grow and we started serving more people and ideas about a one-on-one coaching product or a group coaching product beyond just my course came out of nowhere. And it was like, it was just, I felt free and that translated into getting out of debt and then carry it further and further. I can go into the story more if you like, but it was just letting go of that was, was huge because it opened up. It felt like someone removed a blockage in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Totally like surgically removed it. Yeah. I think you're spot on with like, yeah, I mean, people's BS me or whatever, but I, I think also just people feel it and they, they maybe can't explain it. Maybe it's a subconscious thing or something, but just like, I don't know what it is about this person. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, we talk about this in, in BBD about frequency, mm-hmm. you know, and if, if you're sitting there from a desperate needy, Oh, I need this because once I get this, then I'll finally be enough or be happy. Right. People feel that because that energy, that frequency is just pushing away people. So how were you able to surgically remove that? I mean, that's what everyone wants to know, you know, and I'm always curious to ask and people always ask me, but how, but how, like I wrote a post in BBD this morning of, of like, you know, how people take so personally when, you know, criticism and judgments, but how do I not take it personally? How do I, and uh, these are great questions. That's where people always want to go is to the how. What are your thoughts there? Was there a how, was there a magic process for you or tell me about that? (laughs) Well, first of all, I'm still recovering from the surgery. Can you see my scar? (laughs) Yeah, there's a scar (laughs) on his brain. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think the biggest thing is I started focusing on where I wanted to go instead of what I had gone through in the past. I shifted from past Mm. to present and and living in the present and being excited about the future. and, And that alone was a huge change. Um, That's right there. And that is, that is, you said it really fast. So when people say like really wise things really fast, I have to slow down, make sure everyone heard that living in the present, excited about the future. That's it. That's it. Let's just end the episode right here. Thanks guys so much for tuning in. Cause that's it. That's it. When you look at so much of the suffering, the guilt, the shame, how much of that is still holding on to so much of the past? And the thing is, is I'm, I'm only talking to entrepreneurs here, right? We both are, Brad and I are. What do you think being an entrepreneur is? <laughs> like we're creating something in, for the future. <laughs> so we have to be feeding, we have to be putting, you know, fueling it, giving our energy to that. Instead, you're feeding something that's done with, it's gone, let it go. But how, right? <laughs> and I think it's as simple as that. It's like, Find yourself in the present. Like what Brad just said, I'm just repeating what he's saying. Find yourself in the present and whatever you're dwelling on in the past is in the past. So if you find yourself in the present, it's not there. And then in the present, you can start to get excited about the future.
you know, in a future you want. Cause then you, of course, on the other end of it, if you don't have the guilt or the shame, you have the fear, the worry, and the anxiety. And that's you feeding a future that you're not excited about, you know, but the future is anything a, but certain. Go ahead. It's a recipe. I learned this from Tony Robbins. I'm not sure if you follow. I call him Uncle Tony. Uh, Uncle Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tony Robbins taught me this. He taught me something called the three patterns of focus that has served me so much mm-hmm. in, in my mindset. And just mm-hmm. I'll fly through really quick, but Google it. But basically it's like pattern number one, are you focusing on what's missing from your life or what you're grateful for? Pattern number two is, are you focused on what you can control or can't control? And pattern number three is, are you focused on the past, the present, or the future? And the reason those three patterns are so important is because if they're a recipe for how you feel and how you feel changes the results in your business. For example, if you're focused on the past, what you can't control and what's missing from your life, you're going to feel sadness, right? But if you're focused on what you can control and the present and what you're grateful for, then you feel different emotions. And when you raise your frequency to that level, then all of a sudden ideas come out of nowhere. And you were mentioned your listeners want to know how, right? Well, ideas come out of nowhere. I always tell uh, my people this is that when you change your emotions, the how will reveal itself. Mm-hmm. So elevate your emotions and then you'll figure out how you'll find the, the thing that you might've been studying. This is why I go back to the same books a million times, right? The thing yeah. you might've been studying over and over and over again, you might have an aha moment. I can't tell you the amount of BBD lessons I've gone through. And when I'm in a higher energy state, I'd be like, holy crap, James said that like a hundred times before. And I'm <laughs> finally just getting it now. You know? It's so true though, but we're all guilty. We're all guilty of it. You read that book a second time and you're like, whoa, did they change the book? <laughs> this wasn't here the first time I read it. What the hell? Yeah, no, that's, that's really great. Okay. So your business as it is today, is it one-on-one coaching? Is it online courses? Tell us a little bit about that and how that's shifted and changed today. Yeah. So I started off focusing on, on just an online course. That's where I started. It's just a course. And I would typically sell it through live presentations before I knew how to actually do a, a webinar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and I started there and built up the online course business. And I started finding through interviewing my customers. And by the way, ask your customers questions. It's the greatest marketing you'll ever get. Yeah. Yeah. Asking them questions, I started to realize they wanted more, whether it's more one-on-one time or more depth of content. And that evolved into a one-on-one coaching program. And from there, we kind of said, okay, well, what's a, a program we could do somewhere in the middle between the two? And we landed on a group coaching. So right now it's an online course and that's kind of the main driver. And then we do group coaching is just kind of a, a fulfillment piece. I haven't put that much intentionality into growing it that much yet. And then we also have a, a sold out one-on-one program, which is awesome. Sold uh, so, out. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So how are you getting your one-on-one clients? So I find my one-on-one clients in my course. I typically like them exposed to my methodology and the way that the, that process, and I'll just typically just they'll either reach out or apply or I'll find someone that is doing really, really well in the group. And I'll uh, personally ask them if they're interested. It's been that simple. I haven't done a big launch. Yeah. With yeah. So what I'm hearing is, is the online course and the group coaching, is that together or are those two separate programs? Two separate things. The group coaching is an upsell. It's called that. Oh, next okay. Level. okay, great. So what I'm hearing is with those programs in place, it creates the need, the demand and the interest in the one-on-one. Yes. Yeah. So it pretty much just sells itself. That's really the Ascension model, mm-hmm. which we talk about so much. So they all just kind of play together. That's, that's beautiful. 
So what's the price on the online course? Online course is nine ninety seven. When I sell it on webinars, it's nine ninety seven discounted from two grand. Discounted from nine. Oh, awesome, awesome. How has your relationship with and beliefs around selling changed? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> if you guys saw this on video, James just called the paramedics as my mind exploded. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> basically, everything's changed. I have a firm belief now that selling is the beautiful art of giving someone a transformation they'd never be able to have for free. Yeah. And what was it before? hopefully I can get someone. Mm. It was, I want to get a customer. And now it's, I'm giving them a complete information. And it's, I used to, it was just so forced. And I, and even when it comes to price, I mean, my course used to be priced at 297. And wow. So you you more than tripled the price. Yeah. I quadrupled the price basically just about quadrupled the price. And it's really funny how this worked. When I was selling it at 297, no one was purchasing it. <laughs> then we doubled it at 500 bucks and uh-huh. it was like 297 and a couple people purchased. This is over the course of 10 months. Finally, I doubled the price again to a thousand and we had 50 people enroll in 10 days. What's up with that? Crazy. Crazy. What, what, what do you attribute that to though? Like, I think that's calling on the best version of someone instead of saying, Hey, please buy for me. I'll tone this price down for you so you can be able to afford it. I'm saying, no, I believe that you're worth this transformation. And I think it came from just matching the value I offer with a price that I feel is, is appropriate. And the true belief that when someone pays, they pay attention Mm -hmm. Uh, and that, that has been a game changer for us. Well, I think the reality is it's a tough pill to swallow, but no one wants to work with someone like everyone listening. You don't want to work with someone that doesn't believe in their own value. You don't want to work with someone that doubts themselves. So raising the price doesn't mean higher prices necessarily command more demand, but when that price is aligned with the appropriate value and that person making the offer is standing in that powerful place of owning their worth and value and saying, this is it. And you're like, wow, I want to work with that person, you know? But if you think discounting yourself because you don't believe in yourself inspires change in others, (laughs) think again, you can't, no one did a Ted talk on that, right? (laughs) So real simple, but not easy, you know? So a lot of, so much growth in, in the past year. What advice, I mean, it's, all of it's been advice, but let's say there's somebody here now who's you a year ago or two years ago, maybe someone listening on the podcast right now that is banging their head against the wall, doing the same thing, expecting different results. What type of advice would you have for them? Like what would you have them begin to focus on so that they could start to see uh, results like you? Be willing to be a hermit crab. Oh, oh. please elaborate. <laughs> Love metaphors. <laughs> this is a metaphor I learned from my good friend, Jim Wall. And so I didn't create this. I learned this from him, but it's, it's stuck with me ever since he taught me this. And it's like hermit crabs. And I'm probably going to butcher it a little bit, but I'll try my best. And so hermit crabs, they grow to the point where they hit their shell. Mm. Right? And so the shell that protects the hermit crab from like the barracudas or whatever the heck animals eat the hermit crab outside the shell. And, but the shell, it's hard, it's rough, and it gets really uncomfortable kind of tightened up around that hermit crab when they grow to the maximum they can in there. That shell is our ego, otherwise known as everyone's greatest obstacle, right? And, <laughs> and they have a couple choices. 
they can stay in their shell and kind of grow against this shell and just kind of feel this pressure, this tension to get out and expand and do more and find a bigger shell. They feel that pain, that long-term dull, achy pain, or they can leave the shell. But the challenge is when you leave the shell, you're vulnerable. Mm. You're vulnerable to uh, a barracuda coming to eat you, mm. right? And this is why getting around incredible people like the people I've met in Business by Design that got your back during that time. When you're playing ball at a high level, you, you go to a, a larger shell and that is your identity expanding. And so to the person, the reason I shared that silly, simple metaphor with yeah. you is that if you're where I was a year, year and a half ago, and you, you know in your heart you're meant for something huge, but you can't figure out what it is, ask yourself, are you truly leaving that shell or are you staying and doing the same things, being the same person over and over and over again and expecting something different? That would be my biggest advice is leave the shell, leave the comfort and realize that there's so much more comfort in being vulnerable because you feel emotionally free. And you, you know, the other, this is so beautiful. And you know, the other side of it that I don't think people talk about is like, you want to stay in that old shell. You want to stay in that comfort zone, especially now that you know this, it's going to get harder for you. It's going to get more uncomfortable. It gets tougher. It gets worse the more you stay and don't go to what your higher self is calling you towards. And I've learned that, you know, it's like, I've, I've mentioned this, I think a few times now, I don't know if on the podcast where I've heard, I, someone said that shared this whole little fable or whatever, that first God throws little pebbles, you know, just to get your attention, then rocks. And if you're still not paying attention, boulders, don't wait until it's like, but I'm scared. Of course you're scared. Of course you're scared, but you should be more scared of that boulder hitting you because you, you didn't move through the fear because it's going to get worse until you finally move. That's why pain is a blessing, right? Because pain is going to get you to pay attention. But don't wait until it's too painful. So be vulnerable. Get out of that little shell. I love that. Everything that we do, right, is, is mm-hmm. driven by pain and pleasure, right? So yeah. a good question someone a year ago could ask themselves is, what's actually more painful? Going all out and trying your hardest and becoming a more elevated version of yourself and serving and loving and caring or waking up in five years in the exact same spot? What's actually Or worse. Or worse. Yeah. Or worse. Like your business has gone down. You have less passion, less energy, smaller audience, all those things because you stayed in the old shell. Yeah. Yep. What's next for you, Brad? You had a great year, a lot of growth, a lot of success. What's next? Next. Oh man, there's so much next. <laughs> so much next. Like, so many, like, you should see how this brain works. Like, idea, idea, idea. And my wife's yeah. like, Okay, what's the first right step, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And so I think step number one is really maximizing the digital course launch. We still have a lot of growth to do in that area. And I really want to just keep on testing and learning and figuring out what works, what doesn't work, and really growing that even more. That's step number one. Step number two, I think what we're actually going to do is eventually eliminate our group coaching program. And after that, we want to start a mastermind. And so our next step is a mastermind for people just playing ball at a high level. And from there, I see a book and I see live speaking. Beautiful. Which one of those, if any, has you uh, vulnerable and out of your shell the most, do you say? 
oh, wow. Uh, the, mastermind. <laughs> the mastermind. The mastermind. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's something that I've just, I've joined them. I've never like actually created one. So that yeah. would be really that will cause some, that'll be a learning experience. Yeah, of course. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm, I'm excited for you and wishing you all the best. Any final thoughts or words to share that you feel like maybe you haven't that would have you call this episode complete? Your success is inevitable. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't, I might've heard that belief from you like way back in the day, but I I don't know where I learned either way. Mm -hmm. Your success is inevitable. If you really think about what that belief will do, what could be the positive benefits of it? Like you'll see every single failure as feedback instead of a failure. You will see potential in everything that you do and you'll just, you'll play bigger. And so I want you to imagine for a second, like what would change about your existing behaviors if you knew that no matter what you were going to win? If you believed in your heart and soul, every part of you that your success is inevitable, what would change about your existing behaviors? That would be the first point. And the second point is that all suffering comes from expectation. Uh, (laughs) So true. My favorite quote of all time is, is again from Tony Robbins and it's Mm -hmm. trade your expectations for appreciations and your life changes in an instant. And I think that we get so caught up in where we should be that we forget where we are. And my challenge to you, if you're, you know, just as we close this out is see the beauty in where you are now. And once you do, you'll see so many new aha moments that you never even thought possible Mm -hmm. because where you are is a gift and Mm -hmm. you just got to look for it. That's it. Amen. That's beautiful, man. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. Where can we connect with you and learn more about you and your business? Yeah. So social handles are just Brad Bizjack. I have a podcast called The Path to Mindset Mastery with Brad Bizjack. And then obviously my website, bradbizjack.com or appreciationacademy.com is the name of the course program. So yeah. Beautiful. We'll link all that up in the show notes so you guys can hop on over there and connect with Brad. Reach out to him. Let him know which part of this episode impacted you the most. Express your gratitude and appreciation. Not your expectation for Brad, but your appreciation for Brad. And I know he will appreciate that as well. Buddy, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you guys, our listeners for coming on, for listening and for staying to the end. We'll have more amazing episodes with extraordinary entrepreneurs like Brad coming your way here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.